0: It's good to see you this morning. We are in the second week of five weeks where we're looking at different portions of a prayer that Jesus used to teach his disciples to pray. And our goal in this series is, I'll be honest, to encourage you to pray more. (laughs) And it's encouraging me to pray more as well. Uh, I'd also like to give just some perspective Some practical handles for praying. Last week, we began our walk through what's known as the Lord's Prayer. It's really the student's prayer or the disciple's prayer. It's really more aimed at them. Um, He was teaching his disciples how to pray. And he, he said, we looked at this last week, he said, pray then in this way. This is a pat- pattern for prayer that he's laying out. Not, not the exact words that we're to use every time we talk to God, but a guideline, categories in which to pray. Rather than just come to him all the time, you know, laying out our requests, which is okay. It's really okay. He wants us to lay those, those out before him, the, the needs, the wants, the things that we'd like. Next week, uh, we're gonna look at the next portion of the prayer, which is, give us this day our daily bread. Um, but it's, it's a pattern that shows us how to balance our relationship with God. He is God. He's our Father. Uh, as we see in the next line, our Father who is in heaven. Prayer is a conversation with God at a heart level. Our, our Father. It's, it's interesting. In having us say our Father, it reminds us that we're a part of a bigger family, that we, we are connected. Those of us who have decided to follow Christ as, as Lord, we are connected and adopted into the family of the living God through Christ who has become our brother, is what scriptures say. But he, he is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and we pray to the Father, and we can also pray to the Son as well. But Jesus instructs us to pray, Our Father is who who is in heaven. Which reminds us that since we're a part of this big family, it it isn't always right to pray for things that put others at a... It is never right to pray for things that put someone else at a, a disadvantage. And that's how God's... Since God is the Father of all, and in a sense, He is the creator of the entire world, and so He's... In that way, the father of all mankind, he loves the entire world, whether you've been adopted into his family or not. He loves all. And so this reminds us, as we pray to the father, it reminds us that we need to realize he is looking at the big picture and he's going to be responding out of who he is. He's he's the father of everyone. And so that that sort of helps us. Genuine prayer is motivated by love for God and a love for others. Then Jesus goes on, hallowed be thy name. Holy God be your name. May you receive the honor that's due you. May you receive the praise and honor that you deserve. You're worthy of it. So Jesus instructs us to, Enter his presence, enter God's presence through praise and thanks. That's the way you do it. Psalm 100 says the same thing. You you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's that's always the way to enter into God's presence. So this is where Jesus shows us to start. at At the very beginning of our prayer, it's great to focus on God, who he is, our relationship with him, and then... To praise Him and thank Him for what He's done. That brings us into his, his presence. Today we're going to look at how to stay connected to God, or how to get connected to God in prayer, and how to stay connected. Jesus teaches us to connect with God by setting our heart on His purposes. That's what He's saying, Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. By putting this at the very beginning of the pattern for prayer, Jesus teaches us, as one man said, that God's glory and kingdom are of more consequence than our wants. Love is the major motivation behind genuine prayer. I've mentioned that a couple of times. A love for God and for the people in our life and the people in the world that he's put here. The first part of the Lord's Prayer is an expression of that love for God. That, that's what Jesus is trying to show us. Um, he's our Father. He, he's to be hallowed. He's to be honored. It's His kingdom that we're to focus on, and it's His will that we're to be concerned about. Um, love for God, Jesus tells us, is proven through obedience. That's how we prove it. That's why we set our heart. That's why he encourages us here to set our heart on his will. Because as we do it, we show that we really love God. Jesus teaches us to pray here and set our heart on what God wants and his purpose and his kingdom. Prayer was puzzling to me for a long time because I didn't think it worked. I mean, I, I thought prayer was about asking God for stuff. And God giving me stuff. And when I asked God for stuff that I, that seemed to me to be really good stuff, and I couldn't understand why he would say no or why he would have me wait or whatever my concern, I, it was confusing. I, I was puzzled. And I began to realize as I, as you look at this prayer that Jesus is giving us as a pattern, and as you walk with God for a while, what we need to do is make a shift from prayer as God giving me the stuff I want to prayer as me getting my heart set on doing what God wants and me getting my heart set on the things that, that matter to him. It's okay to ask him for the stuff that, that you want, the stuff that you need. But many times in the responses that he gives, the yes, the no, or the the maybe, or the wait, in the responses, you learn about him. This is a conversation. This is a relationship that's being developed. And when he says no, you find out what's important to him. And you begin to understand more, more about him and what he wants to accomplish in the world. So when I began to make my shift in my prayer life, and take my focus off of getting my way and trying to convince God to do what I wanted him to do, and I began to put it on God's purpose, God's kingdom, God's will, it began to make sense. And I have seen God work consistently, constantly through my prayers to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in me and through me in the lives of other people. And I've seen him, in response to my prayers, Work in the hearts of other people to draw them to himself or to help them work through some struggles that they're having or to provide for them the things that they need. So when I made that shift, that really helped. (laughs) And that's what Jesus is saying here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. The focus is on Him because what you find out if you, if, if God's kingdom is realized. In other words, if, if you begin to experience the benefits of his kingdom, if, he, if his will is done, that's the best thing for you. That is the best. And so you learn to trust your father as you walk with him through the years that as you ask him for stuff, if he says no, there's good reason. If he says wait, there's a good reason for that. If he says yes, Thank you, God. <laughs> I appreciate that. If you're, com- and if you're considering a commitment to Christ, if you're thinking about you're on the path to commit your life to, to Christ, this is what it means to commit your life to, to follow Christ. You decide to live for his purpose and his kingdom. You make a decision once once and for all. Okay, God, I've been living for myself, my purposes, I've been independent from you, and I'm turning around from that, and I'm going to go your way. I'm going to live for you, your kingdom, your will, your purpose. And you struggle with that. And that's why Jesus wants us to include this as a regular pattern of prayer, because you struggle with your own will and your own wants. And, and we're we're to lay it before him in prayer as a regular pattern to, to focus on him. That's what it means to commit your life to Christ. And this is an expression. You say, yes, one huge time. God, I'm turning my entire life around to you. And then every day you have to keep saying yes to the things that come up as you struggle through them. Um, Our prayers play an important role in advancing God's kingdom. Jesus says to pray, your kingdom come. Much of Jesus' teaching centered on the kingdom of God. And he said, Couple interesting things he said. The kingdom of God is here right now, and the kingdom of God is coming in the future. It's here in the sense that we can begin to experience the benefits of the kingdom right here and now if we let Him rule our lives. You you let Christ rule your life, and He comes in to live in you. You decide, okay, God, I admit. I've been rebellious, I've sinned, and and I I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I admit it, I ask your forgiveness. And I'm going to make you the Lord of my life. I'm going to make you boss. Jesus comes in, he lives in your heart. And and he it's like he plants a seed. There's a seed in your heart that he begins to grow. And that's what's happening is his rule in your heart and life, the more and more it takes effect by setting your heart on doing his will in his way, then you experience the benefits of the kingdom right here and now. We're going to look at some of those benefits in a a minute. It's coming. So it's here in that sense. It's coming in the sense that it will only be fully realized when Jesus comes back, Jesus promised to come back and wrap up history. The history of earth is going to be wrapped up, And God is going to create a new heavens and a new earth for us to enjoy. That is the kingdom realized. That's when we're going to realize fully the benefits of the kingdom. For now, God's kingdom, it's on your listing guide there. God's kingdom is his rule in the hearts of men and women and the influence they exert in the people around them. That's the clearest way I can express what it it is. Uh, that is God's kingdom that Jesus was teaching on. We enter God's kingdom one way, by making Christ our king. And he, he rules our lives. We submit to his rule as the leader of our life. Once we're a part of his kingdom, then Jesus tells us to pray that it keeps advancing. And we have a role to play in extending his kingdom uh, throughout the earth. And this becomes our objective in life. It becomes the purpose for which we live as as we follow him. As God's kingdom moves forward, it brings God's blessing. That's what you find in scripture. Romans fourteen seventeen is a description of the kingdom. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words... The kingdom is not a physical kingdom, but it's a spiritual kingdom. The, the good stuff, the righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom, it's, it's much more satif- satisfying than a fine meal. You know, it's not about eating and drinking. I enjoy a good steak with the, with the best of them or a good meal. You know, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I like food. But this stuff in the kingdom is so much more satisfying than that. It has to do with righteousness and peace and joy that goes deep down into our hearts and makes a difference. When the kingdom is realized, when the Lord wraps up history and brings in his kingdom fully, we will experience perfect righteousness Everybody will do right by God, and everybody will do right by one another. And that that will be a glorious experience when that happens. We'll have complete peace. Have you had complete peace lately? I, I really can't remember the last time I've experienced complete peace, where there was no worry, there was no frustration, no struggle, no concern, nothing that was, you know, no responsibility that was laying on, you know, on my my lap that I needed to take care of, in um, that day, we're going to experience complete peace. Whew. We'll be at rest. We won't have to worry. We won't have to struggle. There'll be no more pain, no more sorrow. All-encompassing joy when the kingdom's realized, we're going to experience joy that we have never known. Right now, we get a taste of all that as we surrender to God's rule in our lives. So as as we're living our life, when we choose to surrender what we're dealing with to God's rule and reign, we begin to experience and taste the righteousness, the peace, and the joy. But we're in between the times. We're, we're living in between. We're tweeners. In in this, um, we get a taste, but the full meal is going to be later on when the kingdom's realized. Um, these things advance: this righteousness, peace, and joy. These things advance in our lives, and in the lives of those around us when we pray. We ask God to bring it in. That's what Jesus is telling us. That's where it starts. It starts with prayer. God's kingdom is also about spiritual power. That's what you find in, in, the, in the Word. First Corinthians 4, 19 through 20. But I will come to you very soon. Paul is speaking this. God had him write this down for our instruction. Uh, I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. What, what happened is Paul was a church planter, church starter in the first century. He had started a church in Corinth. And he kept in touch with all the churches that he started, made sure they were growing and tried to give guidance to them. And at this church in Corinth, some teachers came in that were suspect. They weren't teaching the right things. They weren't leading in the right directions. And so what he says, he gives us here a test of their validity. He says, I'm going to come and I'm going to find out what power they have because the kingdom of God, in verse 20, you see, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. It's not just words, but there's a power that exists in the kingdom to bring in the righteousness, the peace, and the joy, and the other good stuff that you find under God's reign. So he says, I'm going to check them out, because power is the test of spiritual leaders. Do they have any? If they're flat you know then they they the, you know you probably don't want to follow a guy that doesn't have any influence you won't will you <laughs> that's the definition of leadership <laughs> is to follow a guy who's influencing you um, god working through him or her to draw you toward the right things that's that's his definition or if they have power is it the pull in the right direction and the scripture gives us a, a way of looking at that. Um, in the kingdom, there is a pull toward the right things. There is. And God's kingdom advances much like other armies advance in, in the real world. Like, like the commander of an invading army, the Lord first takes possession of one post, then of another post, then of a third, and so on. Till by and by the whole country falls into his hands. That's what one, one guy said about the, the way the kingdom advances. This is how it is with God's kingdom. It advances today in one heart after another heart who surrenders to follow Christ as their king. Our, our prayers play a key role in advancing the kingdom of God. Our prayers make our presence count wherever we are. God puts you in your circle of fam- family and friends. He puts you in your family. He puts you in your circle of friends. He He puts you at your job, in your school, wherever you are. God puts you there, and He wants you to make your presence count. You and You and I are on point for God and His kingdom wherever we find ourselves. We're to be a beachhead, <laughs> and and. The way that we help God's kingdom advance is we pray. We pray for the people around us. We try to show kindness. We do righteousness. We we show kindness. We love, because love is a key characteristic of our Father. And so we love the people around us. And as we do that, God works through us to begin to draw them toward the right things. It's attractive. God puts you where you are as a kingdom citizen To help extend the influence of his kingdom. And that brings a lot of purpose to life. I don't know what you do for work. but You can get up and go to work and realize there's more to it than what you're dealing with at work. The day ins and the day outs and maybe the monotony or maybe the, the part of the job that you don't like to do. You set your heart to do that well because you're representing your father. You're a part of his kingdom. And you want to do it well so that you're pulling people toward him. That's that's the role that our prayers can play. I don't know why God chose this. I can sure see the benefits. He didn't have to choose to use us to advance his kingdom, but he does. We have a role to play. You and I also can go places in our prayers that we can't be physically. We can be on the other side of the world. When, when we're praying for people who are serving the Lord over there, we can be completely on the other side of this globe. We, we're here physically, but we can ask God to work and bless and do things in other parts of the country, other parts of the world, as we ask him to work through our prayers. So, Jesus wants us to set our heart on his kingdom. Your kingdom come. And then he teaches us to surrender to God's will and leadership through prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's easy to think that prayer is a religious skill that we need to improve on. Uh, Prayer really is a conversation with our Father that should help us to get on the same wavelength as him, to get on the same page with him. One guy said, Richard Foster, he said, we assume that prayer is something we master, like algebra or auto mechanics, that puts us in the seat of competence and control. The heart of prayer is for God to get more control of us. That's what Jesus is saying. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. When when the kids set the direction for the family, there's mayhem. I mean, it's not healthy to eat cake and drink soda in the morning. That's just not right. I mean, we need to remember that we're the kids in this relationship. God's the Father. He's the one in control. He knows what's best. And so we approach it that way. One key role of prayer in our lives is to wrestle before God until we surrender to do what He wants to do. What he wants to do in us and through us. And I, I wrestle. And, and you, I know, have wrestled. Rather than just, oh, why do I have to do this? I know it's right. Oh, I just hate it. Why do I have to do this, God? Why do I, why do I have to do this? And bellyache and complain. Take it to God. Don't just bellyache in your own mind. God's hearing you anyway. Just step into his presence and say, God, I don't want to do this. I don't understand why it's so important to you. And talk it over with him. Wrestle with him in prayer. Take, take your thoughts into his presence. Jesus showed us how to do this in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's our ultimate example of this, of wrestling with God. The great thing about following Christ is that he understands the struggle that we have as human beings because God and the person of Jesus Christ put on human flesh. So he knows what it's like to wear this body that we have. And that's the great thing. Uh, in, in Mark 14, it talks about the Lord's Supper, how Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples. And just before his betrayal and an arrest... Jesus went out to pray. It says, he went out to pray, and he said to his disciples, you guys sit here until I have prayed. And to me, that wording says, I've got something I need to work out here with God, the Father. I've got something I need to talk over with him. I'm, I'm wrestling with this. It wasn't, you guys sit here while I go and pray. It was, sit here until I have prayed. And so I'm going to go out and I'm going to wrestle through this and work through this. And it says that he took Peter, James, and John, and he went off and he prayed. He was very distressed and troubled, Scripture says. His soul was deeply grieved. And he talked this out before God. He asked God to let this hour pass. God, if there's any way, he knew I was coming. Betrayal, arrest, crucifixion. Horrible, horrible scourging before the crucifixion, and then the crucifixion. God, why do I have to do this? Is there any other way? Can I avoid this pain? And this 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 is going to be hard. It's going to be heartache. I'm going to be separated. He was going to be separated from his father. That had never happened. He'd never been disconnected from God, his father. That was agonizing. He was agonizing over this. And then finally, in verse 36, he says, Abba which means daddy. It's an Aramaic word for daddy. Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. He surrendered to his father to do what he wanted him to do. That's the ultimate example. Andrew Murray said, For our sins he suffered beneath the burden of unanswered prayer. God said, no, there's no other way. This this has to be. And as we wrestle before God with the things that are on our heart and mind, we learn more about God, the Father. We learn more about his values, what's important to him, what he's going to say yes to, what he's going to say no to, what he's going to encourage us to wait on. We learn more about him and we grow in our appreciation of his ways because they're perfect. They're right. They're always just. One of the purposes of prayer is to wrestle over things. We're usually focused on presenting our best side to God. It's our nature. I'm going to present my best side. I'm going to say this the right way. That's a waste of time. God sees the whole mess of our hearts and our minds. He sees right through us. He can see it all. He knows what's going on. Bring it all to him. Bring who you are to God. All your thoughts. All your, your concerns. Lay them before him. Wrestle with your desire to avoid the hard stuff. I mean, as you grow up, become an adult, there's hard stuff you've got to deal with. Oh, I hate this part. Why do I always have to do this? Oh, take it to God. Don't just bellyache to yourself, take it before God, wrestle out before him and and let him help you understand because he communicates. Many times I I end up at surrender when I'm wound up about things that are going on. I I'm concerned about how things are going to turn out. I'm fretting. Um take your pick with family, work, ministry, um, friendships, whatever, finances, decisions—take your pick. You get wound up about those things, and I end up at the point where I need to surrender those things to God. This is what Jesus wants us to do: Your will be done, Father. This is what He shows us to do in His example. Or I'm I'm frustrated. I get frustrated about not getting the results that I want. You ever been there? I'm just I. These people aren't doing what I want. Where I'm, this is just, this project is not turning out the way I'd really like. What's going on here? You know, only God can bear the fruit that we long for in life. The stuff we really want, we cannot control. Whether or not we receive it. It's just like fruit on a vine. He, God has wired that in to bring the growth. We, you can't make it grow any faster. It grows at its pace. And only God can bring the fruit that we really long for. In life,
1: Only God
0: can advance his rule in the hearts and minds of men and women. So the goal of prayer, one of the goals of prayer is to move from struggle to release. That's what Jesus is saying and that's what Jesus is showing us. The result of surrender and release is settled peace. Have you ever experienced that? I have. God, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm not quite sure if we're going to make it through the end of this month. I'm not sure how you know this is going to turn out. Ministries like that for sure. You have no idea. You're just trying to do your best, taking your best swings, and you're not quite sure if things are going to turn out the way that, that you want. God, however it turns out, I'm going to do your will. I'm trying to do your will. I'm trying to do what you want. I'm going to set my heart on your kingdom, your will, not my reputation, not my kingdom. I'm going to set my heart on you. When you really, genuinely surrender to do life God's way and to surrender to do His will, there is settled peace. I saw it in my dad, you know, right before he died, found out he was probably at the end of his life. Dad, how you doing? Oh, I don't know. I'm having a hard time letting it go. I'm having a hard time giving it over to God. That's what he said. He struggled with that for a day. And then, he said, then I asked him, how you doing? He said, I gave it to God last night. <clears throat> and there was a settled peace. And what we have to do Every day of our lives, as you follow God, what, what you have to do is you have to, you have to keep choosing to surrender. If you don't surrender, you don't get the peace. If you keep holding on and wrestling and fighting and, God, I want my way, then you don't get the peace. But you surrender and you find the peace of God. You begin to taste the fruit and the benefits of the kingdom. You experience it right now. That's what Jesus is saying. The kingdom is now as I as I surrender to the lordship of the king and begin to follow him. Surrender is the core of our worship. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, Romans 12 says, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Choosing surrender to God daily changes our heart and our mind. This is this is Jesus' intent by including this in the disciples' prayer, in the Lord's prayer. He wants us to surrender every day to doing life God's way. And when we do... We grow to understand what God wants. We surrender to do it. We do it. Our mind is renewed and transformed as we begin to live God's way, not our own way. Like a grain of sand in an oyster becomes a pearl. You and I surrender ourselves to God to do his will and his way, and it turns into pearls. We begin to prove that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is God's intent for our lives. As, as, if you set out to follow God, what he wants you to do is he wants you to do his will. And that's what you're saying. God, I'm not going to do my will anymore. I'm going to do your will. I'm going to do life your way. And as you do it, more and more you prove God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is good stuff. There's good stuff in the kingdom. It is really great stuff. That we experience. And this is how you stay connected with God through the day. You and I have a choice. We face circumstances, decisions, we're dealing with things in our life, and we can choose. We can either let it go and surrender to God's will in the moment, or we can stubbornly try to get our way. If we stubbornly try to get our way, we disconnect from God. He's not in on our way. If we surrender to his will and his way, we stay connected to him. This is how you stay connected to God. This is how you get connected and stay connected with him. You surrender your will moment by moment as you face ordinary decisions at home, at work, in ministry, all across the board in life with your finances There are many opportunities every day to say, Father, not my will, but yours. And an incredible thing happens. This is healthy. Because you're not taking the people around you and trying to manipulate them to do your will. You've just surrendered them. You've surrendered this to God's will. It's a very healthy thing. God, doing life God's way always turns out to be the best. And if we'll surrender, we experience the settled peace and our relationships have a chance to grow and get better. Every day, we surrender. Your will be done, God. In this moment, in this situation, in this conversation, in this conflict, may your will be done, not mine. This reverses our natural tendency to squeeze what we want out of the people around us. God is honored. God is pleased, and he has a chance to work as we ask him to work through us. There are some next steps that you may want to take after listening to uh, this message as, as we've gotten into the word. One may be to memorize Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Pray then in this way. One may be to memorize Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That just reminds you to balance your prayer God wants to hear your requests. He wants to know what you need. He actually already knows. He wants to hear it from you. Um, but also, he wants us to balance, to focus on the right things. Another step could be to establish a pattern of asking that God's kingdom come in every part of my life. I've tried to make this a part of my daily prayers. God, would your kingdom advance in my own heart? Would, would your rule be more evident in the way that I think? And, and the way that I feel and the way that I handle my emotions, would, would your lordship be more evident in my family, in this city, in this church, in this state, in this country, in this world? Would your kingdom advance? That, that's to be a part of our regular pattern. That may be something you want to begin to do. Take a step to begin to pray that God's kingdom will come, the, the good stuff comes in His kingdom. And then finally, there may be a specific struggle that you're dealing with right now that you need to surrender and release to God. If you do, you'll experience His peace. And so that could be a step that you take. And there may be others that the Lord lays on your heart, but those are some suggestions. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your goodness to us. I I am grateful that You've instructed us. You, You not only want us to live um, a life that pleases you, but you've shown us how. You have set the example and you have given us the, the information, the teaching, the, the knowledge in your word that we need to live all of life. Thank you for your instruction, God. Help us to want to